one thing that's nice to me uh, in the current state of affairs is uh, restaurants are up here in the uh, Portland, Maine area anyway, are cautiously reopening for both indoor and outdoor service. Um, it's nice to see the amount of people up in this part of the world uh, that are happy to observe all of the, the rules of safety from wearing a mask to maintaining uh, distancing, you know, to just acknowledging the fact that we're all in this together and everybody has to play by the rules and the rules aren't meant to persecute you. The rules are meant to keep everybody safe and it's not always about you. People are always like, oh, I'll take my chances. I'm allowed to do whatever I want. If I get it, I get it. And it's just like, yeah, nobody actually really cares if you get it, but nobody wants to catch it from you. Uh, so that's the thing. Not about you. But I do, it is nice to watch these people, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I've been in restaurants a few times now and you'll see them come in, come through the door and, and act like, you know, they don't have a mask and they act like they don't know what a mask is. And then when they're informed that they can't come in without a mask, you know, they have to roll their eyes and express to you, you know, just how much they hate to be mildly inconvenienced um, in the in the name of person of, uh, of of public safety, uh, and then they they storm out. And I like that that's that becomes a unifying thing for anybody who's in the dining room. All gives each other a look, a knowing look, like that guy was an asshole. And like anytime the server comes back to the table, the first thing you know you can both instantly agree on is because what the fuck was that guy's problem? So uh, it's been heartening to me uh, to see that there is still a part of civilization uh, that maintains some kind of common sense, uh, and it makes me uh, proud to live uh, in the Portland, Maine area. Today's episode involves a guest who I have literally known since I was five years old, so uh, somebody who can actually tell stories about me in 1984, uh, and we don't even spend the whole time uh, talking in code or or telling personal jokes that are only funny to the two of us, we actually make an effort to make it universally enjoyable. So, here we go. And welcome to the Food Coma Podcast, Season 2, Episode 6. Uh, today we welcome Allison Gray. Hello. Uh, the, hello, the proprietor of the of, uh, North Star Holistic Medicine. Yeah. And my friend, since we were, like, Two? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, your uh, your first pickup line was, "Do you want to come see my Venus flytrap?" And I was in from you know, that moment on. It's funny. I have <laughs> Venus flytrap written down right here. It's like, <laughs> you're like, why? Yeah, there. You know, uh, carnivorous plants. <laughs> yeah, they're intriguing. They're pretty even, awesome. Even in first grade, they're intriguing. Yeah, even if you like, had me at Venus flytrap. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a it's like a sort of vaginal with teeth reference because that's yeah. what they and clearly both of us were drawn to that. Yeah, so. we were. It was such a, 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 a harbinger. Is that yeah. the word I'm looking for? A foreshadowing, yes. if you will. Yeah, I remember it was like amazing. You know, I get mad when I get a bug that was too big and it wouldn't eat it. I'd try oh, to stuff it in its mouth. You had to chop it up. <laughs> Manageable pieces. I had to prep for the goddamn Venus fight trap. Weird. I don't know why you enjoyed that that plan. You know, I always wanted a pitcher plant, and I got stuck with a Venus fly trap. You know, it was so just... disappointing. It's like the goldfish of the plant world. I don't think they ever finished the flies. 
Well, there's always time for a. You don't see them anymore. Point. I feel like now it'd be like a first or second grader was like probably first grade who nurtures a bunch of Venus flytraps <laughs> at his house. I feel like that would be like a red flag and yeah. go off somewhere. Yep. And I'd be committed. There but a lot be... of things I did really should have committed as a young <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but here you are. Doing amazing things. Yeah. You know, the 80s were all about a slap on the wrist. Yeah. We probably that. didn't even have a social worker in the school, really. We didn't need them. Because, <laughs> no. you know, none of us... No? We didn't have guns yet back then. No. No, you, know? you just had to use Venus flytraps. I had my Venus flytraps that <laughs> were not extremely portable. Everybody thinks it's like a little shop of horrors, but... No. It's not that exciting. No. Uh, but I like that I invited you over to see them. Yeah. I would have totally gone as a spectacle. I was pumped. I mean, I yeah. remember it. it and was... you and I, we're, we're, you're from Yarmouth. We're, we're from like the, we're from the wrong side of the tracks. We're from though. the wrong side of the tracks. Yeah, sure. not the Yarmouth that people know today. No, um, and really just to highlight that, the house that I grew up in, when they sold the land, the house was so unsalvageable, they gave it to the fire department to burn down for practice. So that's the side of the tracks that I was from. It's wow. good. It's good. Wow. <laughs> They like it was essentially it's almost like the equivalent of like a cadaver. Yeah. They're like, oh, you guys need a, a house to burn <laughs> yeah. and practice to practice putting and out we fires. We got a house for you. Yep, it was good. Really? <laughs> yeah. I'm picturing is like Johnny Cash's house growing up, or <laughs> I haven't seen pictures. Forrest but... Gump's house. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> no, um... Jenny, Jenny's house. Whenever Jenny. she goes back. Yeah. And they yeah, have that, yeah. that scene. Yep. Forrest so... Gump. Now that you know. Represents my life. It, it is. It has been a kind of Forrest Gumpy existence yeah. for you. You just, you know, actually, you have done a lot of different things. I mean, I have. you, you know, you were like me. You were a total derelict in high school. Yep. Um, yep. And then you, you know, did the restaurant thing for a while. Yep. But you were you were a baker. You were in, yep. the, in the kitchen. Yeah, I always I've started on the line a few places, and I always wanted to work the line, but because no one else in the kitchen could bake, I always got yeah. like defaulted wanna, to baking. Just we just don't don't talk uh, that way. Okay. And you say so you always defaulted to baking. Well. Everyone would burn shit, and so then I was, like, the only one who would, you know... Well, at the Harrisica, that's... We worked together overlapped, right? No, there? we didn't. We just had mutual friends. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I started baking there, and that was obviously an amazing experience. It really was. Um, but then other places, I just I just ended up defaulting to baker. Rira, I was there for a while. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So they're all, like, you know, <laughs> places where you get into a lot of shit. It's not like anybody's yeah. at... Rira to pursue their craft. No, you know? no, no. So no <laughs> one could cook a pot de creme, and by default, I ended up in the baking corner. Sure. I loved it though; that was yeah. fun. Learn how to make fun. the soda bread. Yeah, totally. And I like full on put like the cross in the top. Like I was real respectful of the process. Like a communion wafer. Yeah, I get. Yeah, I gave it the love. The the Irish folks there gave me props, so I felt okay. Nice. I like the Irish folks that they also. Uh, I, I used to work at the liquor store across the street, and we we shared a mutual. That's right. Admiration for uh, nips of Rumplemans <laughs> all day long. Yeah, during their shift, and then they'd come eat soda bread. It was yeah, probably like Irish fueling. Dave. I remember going over there, and it was like, actually, it was St. Patrick's Day, so everybody had to be there at like 6. Yeah. And we had all done a lot of drinking at like 8 or 8.30. Sure. I'd open the store up, and I remember going over there at like 10, and one of the Irish bartenders was definitely like, he was practically on his knees behind the bar, just smacking into bottles. He had these big sunglasses on. Uh, and then we went in the bathroom and did a couple lines. Yeah. 
And uh, you gotta wake up somehow. Yeah, I didn't say. I think he got fired that day, though. Probably. If you're, yeah, a few lines can't save you at ten in the morning. If you yeah. have to work until a full bar shift, <laughs> like you're pretty fucked. Like it's, it's not really gonna turn around for you. This this might not be the career path. No, no. I don't. Do you think you could bake um, communion wafers if you? Ooh, I like a challenge. Yeah. I like a challenge. I mean, I could um, just you could just take a big haul off that piece of styrofoam behind you and that'd probably be the same thing, but I mean, you I know. Could, or would they burn into flame with the idea of me creating a communion wafer? Maybe, yeah. I don't what know. What even is it? It's it's like how do you achieve that texture in food? Well, I didn't grow up. This is kind of funny because we share a mutual friend. Um I didn't grow up in any kind of like Catholic or Christian tradition, so a friend of ours um, Jacqueline, when yeah. I was younger, really young, she wanted me to come to church with her, and she was like, "But I, my mom can't know that you're uh, that you're not Catholic." So she taught me how to do communion with M and M's, and I nailed it. I mean, no one suspected a thing. My mom was horrified I taken communion, but I remember it being really melty. I'm not quite sure what the composition would be, but wow, I'm. You know, melty, but they're not melty in the pleasant way like M&M's are melty. No, no, uh, which not melts nearly. in your mouth, not in your hand. Not nearly I, as enjoyable. I don't think communion wafers melt in your hand either, <laughs> unless you're me. And just holding them, um, you know, heats them up. Uh, but they taste like styrofoam. They have a yeah. texture of styrofoam. Yeah. But like a little soggy, like they'll, they. Yeah. if I remember correctly, it's been years. It's like eating cardboard. It tastes like cardboard. Yeah. They don't want it to be enjoyable. If you can't I have church be enjoyable. Were like the son of a make believe god, <laughs> I would hope that my body would taste better than that. <laughs> yeah, maybe this is maybe this is a new opportunity to like bring bring back. Yeah, well, it's like with me, I'm like you know you got to use like my liver and all that's very fatty now. Yeah, so I make perfect foie gras. You know, I'm like I live like a cow, so I like. Uh, Kobe, I'm very, very well marbled. Your communion wafer, your body communion wafer. Yeah, that would have to be a high grade hand milled flour with, you know, maybe like a nice lard, a nice rendered. I'm thinking like medallions of veal. That's what I'm thinking. Just like in the palm. Yes, in the palm just a of your piece hand. of meat in your yeah, palm. Yeah. And this and this is my body and this is my blood. And my, we all know what my Clearly, blood. Clearly, we, we all know what's going on with my blood. Clearly. Uh, you especially do because you <laughs> uh, actively got involved with my blood. <laughs> so, Allison, ha- you have basically now transitioned into you're a nurse practitioner yep uh you practice holistic medicine yep you also practice hormone treatments yep. hormone therapy yep um you had a sneaking suspicion because i'm a raging alcoholic <laughs> that i might have low testosterone levels yeah so i went in and got it checked yeah you said they were like at the equivalent of like a 63 year old man um i would change that to like 93 for you they were yeah. as we say in the biz in the toilet yeah it yeah. was. Um, it I mean, which which is. I mean, I feel like the self abuse is going to lead to that kind of thing. I mean, there. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of factors. It's chicken or egg. So a lot of people, when they have deficiencies, sometimes they have some addictive tendencies, um, or could some lifestyle stuff have fueled it? Maybe. And we talked about this. I mean, people who have had a history of head trauma, so like football in high school. Um, you know, f- fights on the street as a kid, um, you know, any of that stuff, anything that jostles the brain around. So you could have had some predisposing factors. Well, we just heard out there that apparently a bully 
smash my head into a tree. Yeah, it literally in my head when when your mom said that, I was like, oh, another risk factor for low yeah, testosterone. Yeah, I also got to meet my mother. <laughs> yep. Earlier. Yep, we're really moving along in our relationship. Well, as it turns out, yeah, it's my it's my coworker in the insurance business. <laughs> Keeps you in family, line. It's a family business. Someone's got to do it. Yeah, right. Um. So, yeah, I took Elson up on it. I took all these needles, and I was shooting myself up for a few weeks. Um, it kind of fell by the wayside. I think it was because something else had happened, and... I think the pandemic happened. The, well, the pandemic... So right. We, we sort of started this whole therapy, like, a week before the pandemic yeah. hit. And everything just started feeling weird and, and just... But it was still interesting. You know, I was you know shooting up these... Basically, testosterone and these yeah. other hormones. Yeah, so into there's, my belly. Yeah, there's supporting there's supporting therapy that goes along with testosterone that just helps um, kind of compensate for what the body's going to do when we start doing therapy. Now, what kind of things? Now, I mean, with testosterone. Most people think of it like they're going to picture anybody who shoots testosterone as like some musclehead shooting totally. anabolic steroids. Yep. Um, or they're just going to think about like sexual health. Totally. And I think that there's a lot more to it. Yeah. Than that, you know, there's low testosterone levels can affect a lot of things in both men and women. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up, too. Definitely. And currently, I don't think men or women are well evaluated. So if I look at the big picture as a medical provider, if we check your thyroid and your thyroid's off, we're going to address that. If we check your liver enzymes and they're off, we're going to address that. So why medicine doesn't delve into hormones yet is... My theory is just they don't really want to talk about sex. And the the important thing to know is there's plenty of people whose sexual function is fine. They're happy with it, but they still have low testosterone and symptoms of low testosterone. So it's not a requirement that those are affected. Um, but, yeah, so you can be low hormonally for a lot of reasons. Genetics, you know, previous head trauma like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, stress hormones. So we live in like a really stressful society and kind of go, go, go all the time. They share building blocks. So like if you're jacking up the volume on your stress hormones, by default, the body's going to prioritize that and it can take the building blocks from, as we call sex hormones. Um, But there's a lot of other symptoms that people experience that they don't always realize. And if they even can get a provider to test them, which is rare, Oftentimes, right now, conventional medicine doesn't do a lot. I think that's going to shift, but not anytime soon. Yeah. So. Well, it's almost like the same way you told me, um, you know, rather than conventional medicine, which would give me yet another medication. Yeah. You're like, let's get you on this regimen of vitamins that address the exact things that you're deficient in. Right. Some vitamin C that, and acetylcysteine for the liver, yep. your magnesium. Um, vitamin B12, D. B12, vitamin B, yeah, vitamin D. Yeah. DHEA. Uh, yep. You know, uh L-glutamine, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I felt immediately different when I started taking probiotics. Like, I immediately noticed a difference every morning. I'd wake up, and I was still in this crazy bender, and but I'd wake up, and even if I was kind of, like, hungover, like, after I'd take all my stuff, I would be like, okay, I don't feel like running a marathon. Yeah. But I feel sort of... Like my wings had been steadied, yeah, uh, so yeah. to speak, you know? Yeah, it's amazing. And sometimes it's a, it's subtle. It's like you know you feel a little more balanced. It's not, like you said, I mean, it's not like you're like, oh, I'm floating on rainbows, but I, I feel a difference. I feel subtly. a little healthier. Yeah. And the having someone, so like t- technically like what I do is functional medicine, and it's just the idea that you're trying to figure out what are the underlying causes 
of the symptoms instead of just treating a symptom. So having someone who's skilled at looking at your your health history, your family history, your current labs and symptoms, putting it all together and recommending the best kind of supplement blend is key because it's exhausting. I mean, I know you've looked stuff up and I know you've gone to try to find good quality supplements online. It's exhausting. So having someone help you with that can be really beneficial. When you're talking about reasons for, you know, low testosterone and yeah. and stress, it's like, you know, for instance, like I recently was told that like I did a, a sleep study yep. and was recently informed, you know, that every night uh, I stopped breathing like 97 times oh in an my hour God. and my oxygen drops to 65, which it never should drop below 89. My heart rate flies all over the place between like 44 and it's 122. <laughs> so I basically just die all night every night. <laughs> And yep. then wonder why I and have this. And you're resurrected in the morning. I'm resurrected, just like you know, like like Jesus. <laughs> but uh, I, I think that you know, every day I think the body has a, a certain amount of fuel. Yeah. And when you're not getting any sleep, it's like you're starting at a deficit essentially. What little you might have is burned up right away, and you start going Absolutely. into the red, and then that's like an endless cycle, and, and it, it, you know, it involves the drinking and, and everything. You know, it's like totally because you start feeling a certain way. And it just makes sense to stay in this pattern. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, you know, it's so rare that there's just one issue contributing to like a symptom. So let's say the symptom is exhaustion or insomnia or addiction. There's so many components. So addressing the supplements, addressing hormones and getting it's the it's the pillars that like we don't do a great job with in medicine. But, you know, eating well, sleep. Um, you know, good outlets for stress and that sort of thing. But sleep is super important. So it's like, okay, if we start to address all of these layers of the onion, can we get to a more balanced place? And anything that's addictive, whether it's food, whether it's sex, whether it's drugs, alcohol, the body's trying to get a need met. So like we have a lot of shame and guilt around it, but it's like I deal with all the time with people who are like they have sugar addiction and it's like your body's just trying to make neurotransmitters. Like you want to feel good. You want dopamine. You want serotonin. If we can address that in more healthy ways that are actually going on that we can see in like tests or history, if we can address those underlying levels, then maybe that won't be as strong. It might still be there, but it might be more manageable, you know, or a healthier level. Yeah. But I mean, you have to essentially train your your body and your brain to, to yeah, as we create those neurotransmitters. Yeah. Yeah, like if in the afternoon, at three in the afternoon, you're like, I need a coffee. Like not just want one, but like you need one. Or you're like, all of a sudden I have a carb freak out, right? Um, Or, you know, whether it's alcohol, whatever it is, your brain, it wants a certain balance at that point in time. And if and your brain thinks it's doing you a favor. Yes, it's getting Like your brain thinks, oh, alcohol makes things better for you. So let me remind you in a not so subtle way that you should have one right now. Yeah, and then over time, there's that um, feedback loop where there are addictive aspects of those substances. So first you're kind of doing it, and then, you know, um, and then it continues to feed that addiction. So, you know, one pathway of healing might not do the trick, but if we can address multiple layers, it's just going to give people better tools to find balance. But sleep is huge. I mean, your sleep study is, like, horrifying in that... um, uh, in that, you know, the results were what they were, but also really impressive that uh, you wake up and keep going well, every most day. most people, you know, when they hear about <laughs> how much I actually drink every day, or like yeah. that most people. Yeah. Because I tell, it's funny, I love, I go to the doctor, 
And I love filling out those sheets, like the first visit. Yeah. You know, and people are they're always like, how many, you know, do you smoke? How much do you, know, do you drink? How many a week? And I'm like, I, and most people are like, I never answer. Right, right, honestly. right. I always do. So they're like, does this say 115 <laughs> or 11 and a half? And I'm like, 115. They're like, 115 a week. I'm like, well, yeah, four bottles of wine a day. Yeah, that's 115, right? <laughs> And they're always like... They're like, am I being punked here? Yeah, yeah. What's anytime. going on? They, they have a, a really hard time kind of believing that. Well, because in medicine, I'll tell you that a lot of medical people typically, like, let's say someone's like, I smoke five cigarettes a day. In our mind, we're often like, okay, that's probably like, you know, 10, 10 right, to most 12. People, it's, so. it's like when people tell you how many people they've slept with. Yeah. <laughs> who even asks at this yeah, point? I know. Come on, yeah. who wants to know the answer? Is that a question anymore? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I lost count years yeah. ago. Wasn't that from like American Pie or something? Where they're like, if I, it, with a man, it's always half the number, and with a girl, it's always double the number. Yeah, you got another right ratios yeah. to accommodate for. Yeah. So yes, I am a freak of. I'm, I like to say that I'm one of God's uh, prototypes, <laughs> if you will. They, I'm an experiment. They tried. Yeah. Ozzy's another one. We're kindred spirits. Keith Richards. Keith Richards, but uh, yeah, yeah. Those guys, it's like he's like skinny, Ozzy's medium, and I'm Gotcha. Big, you know? All right, we're all like, right. It's like, like the three bears. Three bears yeah. yeah. And you're our Goldilocks. Uh, yeah, because... Oh my God, I wish all all of us were here in the room right now. That would be. <laughs> yeah, then I would, I, I'll tell you, if I had Allison Gray, <laughs> Keith Richards, and Ozzy Osbourne simultaneously on this podcast, wow. I think that's the definition of pretty much the pinnacle of success. Yeah. I don't think that there's, you know, Yep. I don't think there's a lot of places to go from there. I can get Barack Obama. I wouldn't even look at their labs. I'd be like, you know what, you guys, you're doing well, okay. They actually say that Ozzy has a different genetic makeup. There's a yeah. mutation. Yes, yeah, yeah. And actually, which I have to believe that I have because I don't think it's possible otherwise. Because the the, the genetic mutation that Ozzy supposedly has it, it affects the way his body metabolizes right, alcohol. Right, totally. And yeah. I feel like for me to not have ever had alcohol poisoning. Right. Because I mean, four bottles of wine a day. That's like a, that's like oh ho hum. Like at the end totally. of the day, I'm like a little like you know. That would a destroy groggy, me for like a year. But like a big day. <laughs> I mean, a big day can be big. Right. Especially if the hard liquor comes in. It's like hard to fathom that your body, but so we're learning a lot more about genetic variants. I've gotten into some basic ones. I have a familiarity with some of the like top runners that we're aware of, one of them having to do with metabolism. Um, and it it really makes sense when we start to look at those patterns in families. Like typically you'll see patterns in families too, but things like schizophrenia, um, addiction, those things they are affected by those genetic patterns and people who can withstand more. I mean, it's blessing and a curse, really. Right. Well, it makes me think that, you know, I could have been an Olympic gold medalist if I had gone another route, you know, and used sure. all this constitution for, There's still for time. the powers of good. There's oh, still time. I'm 41. I might as well be 93. <laughs> I told you I Come threw on. shot put in I high know. school. I feel like you I, can make a comeback. I was the best in for indoor track. I would. Uh, I played. Well, I played football, so I was an offensive tackle. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I played baseball. I was a pitcher, and a lot of people know that. Yeah. I was fucking awesome. All right. And, I uh, but then in the winter, to supplement, you know, to right. between that, I did. I ran indoor track, so I ran the two forty, which was like two laps around. Like you know, I can run really fast because I have a really like tree trunk legs. Right. Yeah. And the sound of me running is awesome, <laughs> especially on those like wooden tracks. 
Like it sounds like there's four I'm of me. It. Yeah, it sounds like it's there's intimidating four of me. to the other competitors. It is like, <laughs> <laughs> they just and, uh, fall down to get out of the way. They should. And so, and then I threw shot put, which I actually excelled at to the point where I got um, I got recruited by Brandeis University. Shit, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's you know the Nebraska Cornhuskers, <laughs> but you know no, it was like the fact that any college yeah scout you know yeah. so that was my um, senior year. And I was supposed to go down to check out the, the school, and I was with my girlfriend at the time, and we drove up to the school, and I was like, you know what? Like, fuck this. Let's go to Newbury Street and go shopping in yeah. Boston. So we just left. I never went in. <laughs> fuck college. Uh, I don't, yeah. I was like, I'm not going to college. Success? <laughs> I'm out of here. Yeah. Friend, I shop, yeah. And I'm also like, it's not like I'm, people like, oh, he got here, he signed up. Nine million dollars shot put contract. Like, I mean, it's not like it's a, it's a sport where there's like a, an end. Well, you know. if you total up school loans, it might be a nine million dollars. Oh right, contract. yeah, that you owe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you, you total owe. You can it pay all up. us to throw shot right? put. Um, so anyway, I went to Newbury Street and I used my money um, on a pair of um, Versace uh, brown leather pants that were like a snakeskin. Which I think some would argue was probably the better investment. Oh, I think hands down was a better investment yeah. that was a good day yeah. and of course you know i looked really old then so we were able to get really drunk all day yeah. we, between every store there was a store called louise boston which is like this the greatest men's store i've ever been in in my life like every room was like a different designer theme Aww. and that was sort of like the crown jewel mecca. for me um yes my mecca and yeah and then between every store we'd go drink wine somewhere that's so grown up at like 18 you're yeah. like, I'm going to go fancy clothes shopping and yeah. drink wine. Do you expect it? I mean, I, I worked in a, at Joseph's. I, right. Yeah, that's true. I worked true. in a cigar cafe in high school. I got paid to that's smoke right. cigarettes, smoke cigars. <laughs> I've yeah. been buying beer since I was 15, so yeah. I was bored of Going beer. to Maria's, getting fancy yeah. Italian dinners. You get tired of, like, you know, normal bullshit. Like, I got, I, I realized how much I perceived myself to enjoy excess at a very early age. Um, I remember always being like, is there more, like, Portland, right? Yeah. I was like, okay, you know, this store has expensive suits. But I'm like, but this can't be, like, the most expensive suit. You, you know, I, I didn't really know. <laughs> it's never enough for you. Well, it was just like, yeah, I was like, what's outside of Portland? Like, these restaurants are, like, quote-unquote fancy, but I'm like, they don't seem like, like right. they're all pretty manageable. Like, I want to know what it's like to be, like, you know. Yeah. Like, what are the, where are those places? So I started, you know basically working in those places right. to learn them inside and out. And that's the best way to really, you know, I'd much rather be connected in that way than yeah. you know, somebody who goes as a customer. But yeah, at an early age, I, I got really bored of the life I grew up with. And I just wanted, you know, and it was like, I mean, I, I by the time I was 19 years old, I already had, $25,000 in credit card debt and I declared <laughs> bankruptcy. Chapter 7 bankruptcy. Is that a record? That's uh, probably. impressive. The way I saw it, I was like, you know what? Fuck them for giving an 18-year-old that much credit. <laughs> I agree. Like, open credit lines. Like, these Lesson aren't, like, learned, Capital yeah, One. They're like, here's okay. a $10,000 card. Here's a $10,000 card. Here's an $8,000. Back in the day. I yeah. spent it all on wine and going out to clubs in Chicago. 
and tipping like 150%. I think they should have just wiped it clean for such impressive choices. They wiped it clean for $700, I'll tell what you that. Yeah. a <laughs> deal. That's how much the lawyer costs. You, I'm impressed. It's not that easy anymore to do that, but I think, no. um, <laughs> I honestly feel like I'd still be sort of like, that would still be being paid off in some way because I would have been putting it off and paying like, I'll give you five bucks a month <laughs> yep. on this $28,000 yep. bill. But uh, yeah, so I declared bankruptcy when I was uh, 19 years old and then But I had a lot of fun along the way. Oh, fucking well, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I that money yeah, let's just say <laughs> I don't have a ton to show for that. Outside <laughs> of the, being able to tell the story. But good stories. But I think that's interesting that that drive was there for you at that age because it does kind of parallel into what you do now of like being curious and wanting to go explore new places and like, yeah. you know. And what you do is like a whole new level of that for me. It's like, well, you get tired of, of consumption. Yeah. Essentially. I mean, yeah. I still do it, but like, and it's more alcohol. Like with food, I mean, I can't at this point go places and they just start sending out food. Like I can't eat four entrees. Like I don't want three appetizers. Like I literally like, it's almost like if you're going to send stuff, well, you know, send small stuff or just like yeah. kind of let me know yeah. so I don't order a bunch of things. Or if I've already ordered a bunch of stuff and you start sending things, be like, do you still want that other stuff? Yeah. You know, because I just hate, I hate being painfully full. Yeah. When you're somebody who's kind of, you know, in the in the state I'm in at this point. Yeah. Like the faculties, like the, the body exerts a lot of effort to digest a, a large meal. Yeah. Effort that takes away from, you know, talking. Right. Uh, drinking. Right. You, you need moving around. <laughs> You know, it just yeah. makes you want to go fucking lay down. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want that feeling. I hate being painfully yeah. full. And same thing with just like, I don't know, when you just have too much, too much over a period of time. And I'm not saying that, you know, this is just my personal experience. I mean, obviously, I've had the privilege uh, to find this out. Right. A lot of people don't get that chance. But too much of anything, even great wine. You right. just, you, it, it loses its appeal. Like when I was in the wine business for 10 years and I could drink whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, as much as I want. And it was yeah. all great wine. Actually, every, most women that I've dated and then we've broken up, they're like the first thing they have to do is adjustment they make is going back to drinking like regular wine, like a regular person who has to go to the <laughs> store and buy it. And, you know, <laughs> you're like, <laughs> but you know, but that, that makes you, you get jaded in a way. Yeah. You just don't. The wine, it tastes good. The appreciation good. for it, you yeah. mean? Yeah. yeah. It tastes good. Yeah. But you're like, oh, I'm not like blown away by it. I'm just kind of pounding it as if it was like a $10 bottle. Yeah. Because it's like my seventh bottle of the night, like whatever. Like I don't even. I don't even taste it anymore. I kind of just ivy it in at that you point. You sort of are just like, I don't want to open a stupid bottle. I'm going to open something good because I deserve it. I always That's fucking deserve it. Though. That's the thing. I always deserve it. That's my justification. And I, I, I finally come to the conclusion that I don't think I always deserve <laughs> you need a star chart you need a star chart and if you've earned a certain amount of stars then you deserve I need a more swear money. jar I need a oh star god chart. i can't have a swear jar i wouldn't be able to pay my rent that would be detrimental to everyone you could pay it out of the swear jar i told myself today i'm like oh my god don't drop 100 f-bombs allison please you can say fuck on this show <laughs> it's all right i know but <laughs> you can say fuck all right well, yeah, i'm just sure like, i will i'm sure know, i will before the before the day is through Oh, did you not? Have you not said it yet? It just no. Oh, look it at wasn't you. conscious until now. So now to be determined. Yeah, I didn't even notice. Uh, maybe I, I have. Really... I probably said it four times and don't even. You know, remember. We don't want to use it gratuitously. <laughs> right, right. You gotta swear. Yeah. You know, like yeah, appropriate. Swearing, 
is fine when you're doing it when it's appropriate, you know. It just always feels appropriate to me, so. If you're like, dude, fucking, I fucking, bro, honestly, fucking, bro, like, dude, I fucking, <laughs> the fucking thing is, bro, fucking, like, Do you want me to name bro. that impersonation or uh, no? Do you know that person? <laughs> No. It felt good. It felt like no, that was. No, no, that's a different impression. <laughs> all right, but, all right. Yeah, no. Okay. That's we not, all know that's, that's someone not, like yeah, that. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we, we, we definitely do. For today's episode, it just kind of felt uh, relevant to talk about one of our one of our early, very early sponsors, uh, Root Wild uh, Kombucha. Uh, and they are located at 135 Washington Avenue uh, in Portland, Maine. You can find them at rootwildkombucha.com that's r-o-o-t-w-i-l-d k-o-m-b-u-c-h-a dot com uh, I know we discussed uh, chaga root uh, a little bit and so it just kind of got me thinking about you know sort of restorative um, restorative beverages and kombucha was one that I remember getting into fairly early I mean consider the tr- trendy part you know it was like 2005 or whatever and I remember it was like this GT Dave's brand, but before that, all those kids acted like they were drunk and then that all got pulled from the shelves and had to re- be released, not nearly as potent. Uh, I remember you used to, it didn't taste very good, but you would literally just pound the whole thing uh, in one gulp and it would definitely ease the hangover. Um, I think these days kombucha has come a long way as far as it still has that, that fermented, that you know restorative quality. Not to the extreme, but I can say that it certainly tastes a lot better. And Root Wild has some amazing flavors. Um, you know, blueberry, ginger, uh, some very unique ones like, you know, beach rose. Uh, you never really know what they're going to have in their tasting room, which uh, as of press time, uh, they were doing window service, both uh, their canned line, also filling growlers uh, to go. And kombucha is something that would travel well. Uh, but I thought it was important to talk about... It's a really high quality product, especially if you want to go out and you want to kind of, maybe you're on the wagon, maybe you just don't want to drink, but you want to have something delicious and you don't want to get stuck with like a, uh, like a cranberry and club soda. Uh, I think kombucha is a perfect alternative there. And my favorite is at Root Wild, uh, 135 Washington Avenue, Portland, Maine. Find them at rootwildkombucha.com. So you have recently started, uh, actually not recently, how long have you been uh, training in martial arts doing the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Oh, um, I've, I've been training technically for five years. I started learning five years ago. I w- I'm really inconsistent just because of, you know, kids and, um, and work and life stuff. Um, I mean, my kids train for a while. But anyway, I've been training for about five years. I do Muay Thai and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I love it. It's like a meditative outlet for me. It's wonderful. Um, but I don't, I wasn't always able to get there as much as I wanted to. So like progression wise, you know, some people have been in it for five years and they're like, you know, pretty far along in the journey. Um, I love it. I I do it because I love it. Um, I made a goal this year. I want to start kind of testing for stuff because that's, you know, it's It's good um, to have markers. It is. And at, and also when you test, you have to have certain skills that you've, um, that you've really nailed down and to be able to have those, you know, it just ups the game. So, you know, it's it's time. <laughs> I probably should have done it years ago, but whatever. Here I am. It's yeah, fine. come on. Like, you <laughs> do fine. everything. You can't, literally, the difference between you and those other people is you do too many, you have a lot of things going on in your life. Like, you couldn't possibly devote yourself 
that much. It's yeah. I mean, I try. I have to remind myself of that. I'm a little bit of like a perfectionist, and I can be hard yeah. on myself with training because. It is really hard. I mean, my kids are great. If anything, it's me. I've got, like, mom guilt um, about, like, not being home. And if anything, they're like, dude, we don't even want you here. Like, go train. But now that I'm – now that I have my own practice and everything is what it is, I am going to have a lot more flexibility for it. So that's nice. That'll yeah. be good. And this is a recent um, venture for you. Yeah. The opening your own practice. Yeah. It's uh, scary? Um, it probably should have been. It was um, – it was not in the making. It wasn't in the works and it just kind of presented itself and I just went for it. And I, once I got going, I mean, even just starting up, it just felt right and it felt really good. So it wasn't, um, I, anytime if I had any moments of like, Oh, this is a little crazy to do in the middle of a pandemic. I just kind of focused on, on the goal and it, it worked out all right. So that's the thing you visualize, you just move forward. I mean, I think that's the difference of that's the difference between handling this pandemic well in re- in terms of quarantine and all that, yeah. um, and not handling it well. Yeah, I have uh, through social distancing really gotten to become so much more emotionally distanced than I already was. Yeah, you know, emotional yeah. distancing and social distancing seem to go hand in hand. Absolutely, uh, socially distant, emotionally distant. I was just talking about this recently. Um, actually with with my oldest daughter about how like so for example the gym that I train at like it's so much more than just a gym and that speaks to the people who kind of run the gym I mean they've created an environment that's a community like everyone's accepted it's like the land of misfit toys over there you know yeah. but how does that work with the distance and whatnot oh so they have really strict rules now um and the thing is, is you only can have a certain amount of people training. The people who train together have to be like household members or like you you, you can't be introducing new people. Right. So it's still pretty limited. But like, um, so jujitsu is just a sport where people are close by. That one's harder to do. Yeah. You know, Muay Thai, kickboxing, a little bit different. And then they have these like solo drill classes where people are kind of separate doing their own thing. So unfortunately, it's still really limited right now. They do a really good job kind of keeping it um, as minimal as possible. But the emotional impact for a lot of people who train, they do it because it's their lifeline to sanity, you know? Yeah. And to, to weigh out, I was just saying that um, you know, yes, there's an infection risk, but at the same time, I think we're going to start to see the emotional impact. We are seeing it. I mean, we are seeing it in medicine and healthcare that there is a very real risk that has to be weighed into what are the risks of social distancing. And not only that, but being physically active, it boosts your immune system. But having that mental health outlet, I mean, that's an important piece that they're going to have to factor in for people. It's, yeah. you know, as long as that there are, you know, rules observed yeah. and it's not this like I can do whatever I want yeah. I'll take my chances like that's yeah. literally it's amazing to me the amount of jagoffs yeah who just believe that so fully right that it's all about them yeah like I'm allowed to do whatever I want I'll take my chances and if I get it I'll just deal and it's just like yeah you, how are you so stupid and ignorant and pig-headed it's it's this like it's so politicized. It's like it's yeah. become this piece of like don't tell me what to do and like don't get We're me American. wrong. So I saw somebody earlier say, "What did they?" In reference to like a prescription or something, they're like, "I got a prescription. It's a little old. It was written in 1776." Oh my but, god! And I was like, "Dude, I wanna. I have to just spend so much time 
restraining myself yeah. from murder. Like, and it's not like I can murder these people because it's not like crazy. <laughs> so like literally from the, it, it only hurts mind. me. I know. Because I get all worked up. But somebody actually said that and I was just like, but luckily a lot of times most people will, you can tell if I see everybody pig piling on totally, them, it's all good. Totally. If I don't, I just block them. Yeah. I'm like, I don't need people like you in my life. I have like 6,500 friends on Facebook. I don't know who the fuck any of them are anymore. And the reality um, is, are you really going to like reach that person over social? And I've gone through still phases. Feel like, a don't get me way, wrong. If you still yes. feel a certain way in this day and age, like for instance, if you still support, you know, the president, like Donald Trump, yeah. then there's nothing anybody's going to say. Totally. I don't think there's anything any, he could even do to change your mind. He could probably come over your house and set it on fire. Dude, do you And you'd be remember, like, well, he had to do it. They, have you seen that thing where, like, he was interviewed on Oprah in the 80s, and he was like, I could stand on the yeah, street corner. Somebody, yeah. yeah, and, like, it's for real. Like, look at all, look at all of the shit that uh, he's done. He was, he was the best when he was just a, a clown. Right. He was just some, you know, <laughs> And best socialite, is a stretch, but we'll take it at this socialite point. Socialite clown that yeah. was fine. Uh, I don't know. Uh... But yeah, don't waste your don't waste your last emotional. No, fuck no, and and we, and we certainly didn't do that. Now we in high school, we did a lot of drugs. Um, yeah, a lot of hallucinogens. Yeah, uh, my drug of choice was acid. Yeah, Were you more into mushrooms or acid. I did. Acid was definitely what I got my hands on more for sure. Because yeah. at that stage of the game, like mushrooms are so much more available now. But at that stage of the game, it was literally like, oh, someone found it in the cow patties, and like, yeah, let's let's go to recompense. This will be fun this recompense. weekend. Yeah, <laughs> but like it was so much easier because everyone was going to like fish shows and dead shows yeah, and the, the people, horde festival. Yeah, it was. Oh my god, <laughs> I did Throwback. so much acid at the horde festival. Yep. Night ninety seven. It was uh, Lenny Kravitz, uh, Blues Traveler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Ziggy Marley, I think. No, Rusted what? Root was definitely there. Of course they were. What about... Um... I want to be... Actually, no. Rusted Root, they have that song that I always want to... Simeon Away. No, but I always, I always like call it Simeon the Whale. <laughs> Simeon the Whale. I'm never going to hear it the same Simeon again. the Whale. It's a much better song when you put Simeon the Whale. Is, there must be a whole story for those two. I'm like picturing them. Who? Simeon the Whale. Did they No, go... no. Simeon the Whale. Oh. <laughs> His name is Simeon. <laughs> You're like, no, these are real. Let yeah. me correct Listen, you. Listen, <laughs> the whale's name is Simeon, okay? I don't know where, I don't know what planet you're from. I, we're, okay, we're going to make a story about them Yeah, I told, I told Arlen at Eventide one day, because I noticed at one point, I was like, every time I'm in here, Simeon the whale comes on. He's like, what? Really? I was like, you guys play fucking Rusted Root a lot. And now he's like, dude, every time I fucking hear that song, all I can think of is fucking Simeon Why the whale. Why do they have it on so much? What's it's their playlist? It's one of those things where you have like a, it's probably like a Pandora fucking <laughs> station or whatever. Put it on the Simi playlist. Uh, I mean, Simeon. there's places they just, I mean, when you work in a restaurant, like, music becomes white noise. You know, like you don't really want to think about it. Right. You know, unless you're working in a bar. Like, if I'm bartending and I'm by myself, then, like, the music is dedi- is actually directing the flow. And yeah. I have things yeah, I want to yeah. play. I'll yeah. spend more time DJing than working. Right. <laughs> but when you're working, like, waiting tables or managing or it's, like, regular yeah. service hours and it's busy, like, the last thing you want to have to deal with is friggin' changing the music. So when you actually find that Pandora station that yep. seems to play at least 98% non-garbage. You non- deal with a simian. Yeah. You deal it, with it, one it, or two simians. It only simians. plays 2% rusted root. You're like, I'll fucking deal with it. Yeah, so all right. 97, yeah, a lot of acid, the Horde Festival. Yeah. Uh, so the, but so we did a lot, of, a lot of acid and mushrooms and stuff in high school. Yeah. And then randomly, like a month ago, 
you and I ate a bunch of mushrooms. Yeah. And <laughs> I remember being drunk, and you were like, I have mushrooms. And I'm like, oh, that sounds like a wonderful idea. Uh, and it was because I discovered something that we as kids could never have fathomed in the world. So the combination of psychedelics uh, and an Alexa <laughs> is... I was literally laying on the couch and just being able to be like, Alexa, play, you know, play Paradise City by Guns N' Roses. And halfway through my attention span switch, I'm like, Alexa, play Ring Finger by Nine Inch Nails. And you're like, Alexa. There were some good ones. There were some oh, yeah, deep I dives. Kill it. I kill it. There were some deep dives. What I'm a was, good DJ. There was like a um, Kenny Loggins yeah. at one point. Alexa, play was... This Is It by Kenny Loggins and Michael McDonald. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and I just want to put a plug that we did have a moment with Marvin Gaye, too. That oh, it was awesome. And that up. was all you. That was, that was on the record player. Yeah, that wasn't even that was, the Alexa. I just, but but aside yeah. from that, Alexa was the majority of the night. You, when you when you're tripping out and you have a thing that will just obey your orders when it comes to pretty much music, you know, any music you could ever imagine, yeah. that's a pretty cool thing that I would have really liked to have back then. Of course, the next night, so... This weekend was very random, so I hadn't tripped for a really long time, really long time. Uh, Saturday doing the mushrooms, and then that Sunday, I decided for some reason to get a hotel room in Portland. One of those nights you just don't feel like being in your own house. So I've got this hotel suite that's on like the 14th floor, and I went to a bar, because the bars had just opened, or it was a restaurant, it wasn't a bar bar, uh, a restaurant with a bar. And randomly, of all things, like, meet some random dude at the bar who gives me, like, a five-strip of acid. <laughs> just I, like back just, in high school. I was like, what are the odds that last night... So I go back to my... I eat one immediately, because why not? You know, like, I had to work the next day. I did. Uh, <laughs> and then at, like, 10 o'clock, I'm like, I feel pretty good. I'm like, I'm going to eat another oh one. Oh, my God. So I eat another one at, like, 10. And that really transitioned me. That really took me back. I mean, back in high school, I could eat a 10-strip. Sure. <laughs> and yeah. I, I get to go in the woods and be a kid. But now, you know, two hits of acid by yourself, essentially, what you feel like is a tower. Starting at 10 at night, mind I, you. Well, yeah, kicking it into high gear yeah. at 11, essentially. Yeah. I felt like Rapunzel in the tower. I was, uh, <laughs> the whole room was going batshit. Um, oh looking outside, it was going batshit. And I was like, wow. And you know, of course, with acid, like, you, if you start not enjoying it yeah you have you can't not enjoy it. you have to be like i'm just gonna you have to last it out you yeah. can't try to will it to stop you just have I to was, ride that wave that right. gives me heart palpitations just hearing you tell that story and thinking about like being by myself doing that yeah no alexa no and i was pounding that line was trying problem. to get it to neutralize yep. and eventually i just called my friends uh and i was like okay here's the deal I'm going to be on the phone with you for about two hours right now. And at one point, I Keep gave her... Keep it positive, I was okay? Like, yeah. She's going downhill over here. And the next day, she's like, I'd like to quote you on the last night. Uh, when At one point, you were like, you know, in hindsight, I probably didn't need that second hint. <laughs> I knew. And I was tired because, like, we'd been up late the night before. And you were like, uh, I think you told me you were taking another one. And I'm like... I mean, I'm going to bed. <laughs> like, this is crazy. It was it was crazy. I woke up, I mean, I remember blinking my eye at like 3.45, and it was, all of a sudden it was 7.30, sunlight pouring in, and I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Like, what? How? I haven't, I haven't done acid since I was like... I know. 20. But you two, opened it up. Know. You opened it up with the mushrooms, and then it, it was like the hallucinogens were like, Joe, let us in. It we found have me. He just in the parking you. lot. This dude's just yes. like, hey. We, yeah. I bought him a bunch of shots of tequila. We had a bunch of rounds of tequila. And next thing you know, he's like, hey, here you go, totally. man. And I'm like, 
Fuck. It, want, it wanted to find you. <laughs> it, it did. It, well, you know what it did? I had too good of a time with the mushrooms. And what it was saying is, Joe, this is not time to start a quote-unquote phase. <laughs> I'm here to remind you that it can still get a little out of hand yeah. and you're a little too old for this. We're going to show yeah, you what it looks I remember like, like on the other I should do side. mushrooms every night. Right. Like, I was like so excited to do mushrooms all the time. <laughs> And then well, after those that, were, I was like, Those were caution. super mild, too. They those were. were literally like microdosing. Yeah, the ones that really I acid like was not super mild. No. No. So you just got a taste, which is good for you for your personality. I think you kind of have to get a little bit of that. I did. I needed to have a little panic. But the microdosing might be something to look at of, you know, that kind of <sighs> lower. Microdosing. That's I like, know, I know. It's like Marvin Gaye. It's cliche until you sit on the couch and listen to it. And well, then you were open to it. You're like, oh, maybe you should just have one drink. <laughs> Uh, maybe you just have I would a, never say that. Maybe you should have a micro drink, Joe, and then we'll see how that. <laughs> I pans mean, that out. just seems silly. But. That does seem silly, doesn't it? When you hear you say it. Yeah, well, I've been say told that, that I have an arrogant disregard for my own self safety, <laughs> and yeah, or my own safety, self safety. Or we could call it fearlessly courageous in right. regard to substances. I'm a regular Simba <laughs> over here. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, I feel old. Well, you're doing pretty good, all things considered. Yeah, I, I do, because I, I, I listen. And I listen, and I, you know, I try to balance out all the bad stuff with good things, like like chaga, for instance, which right. you're, a big, you're a big advocate of. Yes, the, uh, yes, yes. Ch- is it a mushroom or a root? It's a mushroom, and yeah. a good friend of mine, so I'll put a plug in for him, Chaga Man, um, chaga man T. He's like third generation. Chaga Man T at Hotmail.com. <laughs> At AOL, all right? Okay, nice. Um, GeoCities? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can find him there. Um, the He's like third generation and um, maybe longer. I don't know. But basically, it, it grows. It doesn't look like um, like you'd picture like other mushrooms to look. And you kind of have to be skilled in finding it. And you, um, you like chisel it off the tree, dry it. And it has amazing properties. And there was a point in time where... Um, I, you know, I'd have a couple lattes a day. I know, whoa, crazy. But if I drink it in the afternoon, I get tired, and then I don't sleep well. You're talking about caffeine or chaga lattes? Caffeine. Oh, okay. So I switched over doing chaga lattes. And there there was a week where I wasn't even drinking coffee, which I hate to even say that out loud. But, um, but I... Energy-wise, I didn't feel compromised at all because I was doing chaga. Made it into a latte, so I still did that. Right. Because I'm bougie like that. But... Uh, well, is, is that bougie, a chaga latte? I don't know. I don't know. Not to me, no, but... I don't think so. I think it's like... Creative hippie. All right, I'll take that. Yeah, it's like classy hippie. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Classy hippie, I'll go with it. I'll go with that. Well, you have no choice. All right. I'm going with it. <laughs> it's assigned. Um, but it's yeah, assigned no, it's you. amazing. I mean, it's 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 got a lot of um, anti-inflammatory properties. They're looking at it for anti-cancer. I mean, a lot of mushrooms are falling into that category. But, you know, we 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 are just tip of the iceberg with So I'm feeling stuff. like your chocolate might benefit from... Uh, a little bit, uh, a dash of turmeric, maybe. Ooh, yeah. That seems like that'd be a power cocktail. Oh, yeah. I just, I, I could taste that. Yep, definitely. I put a little maple maybe syrup. Maybe some saffron. Oh, my God, I love saffron. I put saffron on everything lately. Like, I, I love can't it. stop, won't stop with the saffron. So one of my daughters, my oldest daughter, a couple of her friends from school are from India, and her mom, because I had her daughter for Thanksgiving a couple years in a row, she sent me saffron from India, and I still have it, like... I have it in the fridge because I'm really, like, I don't overuse it because it's, like, really special. But, oh, my God, it's so good. You don't need a lot of it. Although, they say that using, kind of overusing saffron is a symbol of abundance and sort of, like, um, 
that's some bougie good, shit. Goodwill. No, no, oh, is it? Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's oh, not good. like. It's not like a, a status symbol. It's more of a like generosity. Well, generosity. Yeah. Yes. yeah okay. Like welcoming. I do usually. I overdo it a little, but it's because like it's because I don't use it every day. So then when I go right. use it, I love the taste. I mean, it's not that expensive. It's like they. It's technically like the most expensive thing in the world or whatever, but right. I mean, it's not that expensive because the the amounts you buy it in. I mean, yeah, I'm buying like a twenty dollar thing of saffron. It's not like I'm buying like a three hundred dollar ounce of caviar, right, right, or right, whatever. You know, and it's, it's like, gonna last you. You're not gonna have it in uh, one sitting. Yeah, like, I mean, technically yeah. for what it is, it's it's, right. it's quite expensive. I can like smell it. You know, but it's not like you know, it's it's like wasabi, like fresh wasabi. Yeah. It's the portions that you're generally getting it in. Right. It doesn't feel expensive. See, that's a good way to be excessive and decadent. Totally. Is with totally. the things that are very high quality, but you don't need a lot of them. And they bring feel. you enjoyment. They do. I'm, they do. I'm and you don't that. have to overdo it on them. Mm-hmm. No. Or just a little for abundance. <laughs> for abundance. That's not overdoing <laughs> To be generous. It. That's for other people, not yeah. for you. You know? Yeah, that doesn't apply here. No, absolutely no. not. <laughs> so I think when you struck on the topic of kind of, you know, mental health throughout the pandemic. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people are, are dealing with a lot of shit. And, totally. You know, and it, it makes you sort of reevaluate, kind of breaks you down, you know, a lot. And, you know, what do you, you know, is there any way that if somebody's like, how do I, you know, how do I get myself to like myself more? Yeah. Like, what's, you know, what do you think is a good jumping off point there? Not, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> Just but, don't even bother. Yeah. <laughs> You're pretty much, if you don't like yourself, you're probably right. I mean. (laughs) I don't like you either. (laughs) There's not much I can say. You've got a pretty good issue. I mean, you're a pretty smart person, so I'll take your word for it. If you don't like you, I don't like you either. Uh, You know, it's, I mean, it's obviously not a simple answer, but I will say that if your experience during the pandemic was one of kind of despair or, I mean, okay, let me back this up. Of course, there was unknown and there was fear and there was... His fear is unknown. Yes, exactly. And there is a feeling of certain levels of kind of losing community. So there's a totally normal, healthy level for everyone. But if you really felt the volume turned up on like um, being unhappy where you are or feeling really down like all the time it's a reflection it's a symptom you know it's it's a symptom of being an underlying level of not being in alignment maybe with your true purpose or your true calling or maybe there's room to start to align with the things that bring you joy and not feeling selfish about that like we have been conditioned as in this world but specifically in this country that like produce and go 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 and achieve and that's like our angle like if you make money you're good you've arrived and like we all know i mean they've even done studies like if you make a certain amount over like 200,000 which is hard to fathom but like you you're happiest between like 80,000 and 200,000 dollars a year right and then like you get higher than that and people just aren't happy it's kind of like what you're talking about with good wine right you reach a saturation point again hard to believe i'd love to test the theory out at higher levels but I would say instead of giving ourselves a hard time about like, um, you know, not being productive or feeling unsure of where we're at, but using it as a guidepost and starting to focus. It's not easy. It's not easy, but it's baby steps. You have to get out of the mindset of focusing on what you don't have and you have to set the goalpost of where you want to be and what you want to have. Even if it doesn't feel realistic, you, it, the, it's like going to the gym. You're not going to go and pick up like heavy weights the first day out, right. but you got to start somewhere. And then the more you do it and make it a practice, 
for me personally, I have certain like meditations I listen to. Like if I start going down a rabbit hole, there's certain meditations I'll put on that will rewire that response for me. Um, but you know, getting out in nature, getting out in nature, doing a meditation. I mean, those things don't seem like a big deal but they can have such a big impact. And just evaluate, like don't evaluate with self-judgment or doubt, but just evaluate what brings me joy. And it could be something that you feel like is insignificant, but the more you focus on that, the more that's gonna come from it. Like, you know, anything is like that universal law of like what we put out there comes back, what we focus on, where your thoughts go, your energy flows. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's real, I don't wanna minimize that there are real struggles with mental health that people have baseline and that there's less access to care and help for that and less community that absolutely exists. And that might take more than just some fucking meditations and getting out in nature. I'm aware of that. I think a lot of people, they, they get to a certain point and you feel like you sort of slipped, you know, further and further away or yeah. you're at this point point. you're at the, you're at the base of the mountain. Yes. And you're like, I couldn't possibly climb the mountain and all those like, yeah, it's like just a stupid fucking walk in the woods. Yeah. Just a meditation. Yes. What's it's just a drop in the bucket. Yep. But it's like the, you know, you have to, you know, subscribe to the theory that you could walk through the mountain. Yeah. Like you don't have to go all the way up right. and over like you think, cause you've been trying that your whole life and it's never worked. Totally. You know, like yeah. you can either circumvent the mountain, maybe walk straight through it. Yeah. Maybe there's- Turn around and walk away. Maybe, go yeah, to the maybe fucking the river. Is, maybe, yeah, maybe that's the wrong way to begin <laughs> right? with. Right, totally. You know, like totally. it doesn't have to be this like never ending struggle, you know, where you're yeah. like, oh, I have to get, okay, well, if I, it only matters if I exercise every day for three months and totally. then I'll be able to look at it and be like, okay, now I've made some progress because you'll never get there. Or I hear, especially with working out, people have, especially I see this more with guys and I, I feel like, and I don't want to generalize, but I do feel like it's kind of conditioned at an earlier age that it's like, oh, if I'm not getting an hour in and this many, like whatever at the gym, it's not worth it, you know? Yeah. But I'm like, uh, no, you you absolutely like just even just think about brain chemistry. You can make some changes. Just sit ups, push ups, squats at home. You know, like you don't have to go crazy. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta get your swole on. You know? Yeah, you know. I gotta get That's how swole, we do. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't know, but uh, I was pretty good at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, I was like feeling good. Yeah. I was like working out a little. But I loved my life when I was training a lot. I was I yeah. was definitely really into the powerlifting for a good four years from 2014 to 18 or 17. And, uh, you know, it got to the point where it was like, wow, like this is like hitting numbers, like actually being able yeah. to set numbers. You know, I was like sprinting around, like, you know, like outside, like doing like suicides and things like yeah. that. Like it was, I was sort of amazing myself. Yeah. And then the problem is like, it's amazing how demoralizing just two months of not doing that can yes, be. Yes, totally. Of, like, of literally trying to take that one step. Yes. And being like, well, if I can't get back into where my peak was yes, right away, this totally. is stupid and I don't have, you know, it's, it's all humbling. an act of futility. It's humbling and you have to walk through self-judgment and doubt and you have to walk through that like, fuck, I got to start over again. I, that no, happens. you don't. It's like you don't have to start right. over again. You, right. I mean, you can't start where you left off. Exactly. But like, you'd be amazed, muscle memory and, you know, yeah. like all the, but you just have to get over that. Yeah. That, you know. I had the, an experience one time where I got an injury and I couldn't train. And like, sometimes I'm away from the gym for a while and I, it sucks. Like I walk in and I'm like, I wish I could be here more, but then I just have to tell myself like, no, nope, you're now. here. Exactly. But there was a point in time where I was out because of an injury and I came back and it was weird. There were certain, um, 
there were certain things more so with Muay Thai that it was like they came together almost better than they had when I had stopped training. And I'm like, is there something with the brain that it like, you know, like it almost like synthesized better over that time where I wasn't there. It was so weird. It was noticeable. So, you know, it's you never know. But walk like just take that first step and don't get ahead of yourself. Yeah. And take it. Just don't think about it. Yeah. If you you can literally spend <clears throat> four hours talking to yourself about something that would take 10 minutes Right, just to, to do, do. yeah, and trust, and I, I say it because yeah. I do it. Like it's just yeah. so easy to spend time to justify why not to do something. Yeah, and to just fucking do it. And it's like, what's it that thing? Right? Exercise. Like, it could be sending a fucking email. Yeah, you know, sometimes you're like, ah, oh, I can't. Oof, I gotta put that on a to-do list. You I'm know, like gotta, so oh. impulsive. I'm like on the other end where like I probably should think about things a little I bit. I was more. like that. See, that was that's the thing. Is, and I, I can when I'm like that, that's when I'm at my most focused and best as far as a human being. When I'm able to be impulsive, you know, not yeah. compulsive. Right, right, right. Yeah. Compulsive is the things I do when I'm at the worst. Yeah. And those are the things that are bad decisions. But that they're I make not from intuition, right? Based we, we... on like need for immediate comfort. Yeah. You know, based on reacting to every single emotion. Yeah. To every feeling, behaving, you know, initiating a behavior based on every single feeling, every single emotion. Yeah. Right away. Oh yeah, that's, I hear that. You know, that's totally. not when I'm at my best. But when I'm at my best is when I'm just like. Don't think, just do. Yeah. Just keep doing it. In the flow. And 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 next thing you know, it's just like Yeah. Wow, that that was really Don't overthink it, just do it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That was really nothing and and uh I don't really understand what I was so I know that right? shape about. And then I'll usually go on a a rampage of rewarding myself <laughs> that puts me right back into a stupor. You that, got a lot of gold stars yeah. and there you are well, your like, well, I deserve to not to just be a terrible <laughs> pile of myself for the next three days because I had a good day today. I can't let all this good sit here. That would be ridiculous. Yeah, that... I gotta build on top of quick. it? No, I have to sweep this away and start over. I can't... I couldn't possibly leave it here. That's like being like, hey, maybe save some coke for tomorrow. Does anyone do that? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'd like to shake your hand, sir. <laughs> Is that well, even possible? You know what? That was perfect. <laughs> This will be that will do just That's fine. Enough. I'll see the rest of that tomorrow. I don't think there's any in the carpet. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I was talking in the last episode about how like living in Chicago, my savings account plan involved like not finding rolled up hundreds in my room. <laughs> like if they're if they're under the bed somewhere, I won't know they're there, no. and I'll find them later. And I'm like, oh, yeah, jackpot. <laughs> And they still have some goodies. Yeah. Well, I think on that note, <laughs> I don't see any place we could possibly jump off the uh, jump off the moving train more than with that. So I want to thank Allison Gray. Thank you. Proprietor of North Star Holistic Medicine. North Star Holistic Medicine. I can say it. I just said it. It's fine. It's different when it's thank not Thank you yours. for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for being around. Thank you for being wonderful. Thank you for showing me your Venus flytrap at the age of eight. My life has never been the same. I had no idea it would lead to this day <laughs> at this very moment. Yeah. I'm Joe Riccio. This is the Fukuoma Podcast. Uh-huh.